Thirty years ago, it would have seemed like science fiction to think that robotic technology would be involved in surgical procedures. You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. Phil Faraci, Medical Director and Chief Cardiac Surgeon at Condell Heart Center. Welcome, Dr. Faraci. Well, thank you very much, Mark, for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here again with you. How do you communicate with the anesthesiologist if you are concentrating with your head in the console, so to speak? Well, Mark, as you may know, during most of these cardiac operations, the anesthesiologists go for coffee. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so we, <laughs> we, uh, we do need them for the beginning at the outset of the operation to get the patient in a, in a comfortable position and anesthetized. We need them at the end of the operation to recover the patient once he's on his own hemodynamically. But during the, this part of the operation where the robotics are being used, the heart and lung machine is being used, the patient is on cardiopulmonary bypass, we have, our technicians have complete control of the patient and the operation at that time. We do communicate, however, to all of the members of the operating team through audio equipment that's contained within the console and is broadcast throughout the operating room. And incidentally, the operating team has the same monitor field that I have at the console, except that their field is not three-dimensional. So they can see what I'm doing, even though I'm doing it inside a body cavity, which has not been opened. Is there a scrub nurse and a circulator nurse? Yes. As all operating teams are inclusive of a technician to pass instruments uh, to the surgeons and a, a nurse who's coordinating all the activities in the room, those people are still needed. And what happens, Dr. Faraci, if something goes wrong and you have to traditionally open that patient. Are you able to do so? We don't like to conjure the image of something going wrong, Mark. We'd more like to prefer the image of if an event which is unprogrammed or unanticipated requires our intervention and the removal of the robotic instrument, it's a fairly simple thing to do to simply walk the machine away from the table there's already someone at the table who can perform the traditional incision if necessary. And there are surgeons, the man at the console and others presumably in, in, in proximity who can participate in whatever needs to be done. And an operation can then be carried out in the traditional fashion. That was well said. Tell me, are there many cardiac surgeons in the United States doing this? Well, at this point, Mark, there are approximately 350, maybe 400 instruments in use. Uh, the robotic, this particular device, the Da Vinci Surgical System, was approved by the FDA in the year 2000. And the count uh, a year and a half ago was 300. There are probably 400 instruments now. Some places have two. So, you know, it's not every surgical team that has the benefit of this instrument, but there are more and more all the time. And I think that although the progress has been very carefully orchestrated so that not everyone just walks up to a robot and uses it. It takes some time to uh, train and then to accommodate to these procedures. And I think it takes a basic experience level and understanding of where the advantages and potential pitfalls lie in the use of this new technology to be able to use it well. Well, Dr. Faraci, you being a seasoned and very successful cardiac surgeon, 
What made you want to begin robotic surgery and cardiac surgery? Heart surgery, and I suppose every medical field now, is really driven by technology. And throughout my career, it has been evident to me that my professional livelihood would depend upon embracing new technology on a continuing basis. This is one of the more outstanding pieces of technology that has become available to us and certainly very dramatic and and exciting. Uh, But the real question is, is it advantageous? Is it of real value to the operator, to the patient, to the hospital, to the community in general? I think we're in the process of determining the answers to those questions. And I've been involved in this technology for, oh, about five or six years now. Our group of 20 surgeons has been primarily involved from the time the FDA trials began. And we've done, oh, two or three hundred of these operations, perhaps more. And there are a variety of procedures that can be done. And I think we're beginning to get an understanding of where the real advantages to it are and how it can be further developed to become more advantageous. And what advantages are those? Well, to the operator, the advantages are excellent visualization with three-dimensional optics in cavities which are sometimes difficult to expose. Take, for instance, a mitral valve operation, which is one of my favorites. The traditional sternotomy exposure of the mitral valve can sometimes be rather difficult. And the visualization uh, by native eye and the mechanical retraction that we normally use is sometimes somewhat limited. I've been very much impressed with the ease with which we can expose the entire mitral valve with particularly this second-generation da Vinci system, which incorporates a dynamic retractor, which looks like uh, scissors, that has two arms that can be placed to retract the atrial septum and then spread to further visualize the valve and then rotated and flexed as sort of a dynamic retractor. You don't just place it and leave it. You can move it around, see in little crevices and corners, which are sometimes very difficult to visualize by the traditional approach. So this, along with the enhanced flexibility of the instrumentation, which is constantly being evolved, has made this technology, I think, something that will be very valuable for us as as it's developed over the future of technological experience. If you have just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, professor of surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and we are speaking with Dr. Phil Ferracci, medical director and chief cardiac surgeon at Condell Heart Center. And we are speaking about robotic-assisted surgery. Does this allow you to do a better operation than you have been able to do in the past? Let's just put it this way. I think it's easier for me to do a complicated mitral valve repair with this instrumentation than it has ever been before with, with traditional technology. Well, which patients get this type of approach? Well, as you might suspect, the number of operations that we do is somewhat limited because the technology is not completely developed. The most popular operation that we perform is mitral valve repair or replacement. Similarly, the approach to the tricuspid valve, the atrial septum, the ventricular septum, 
any portion of the pericardium can be done with this with this instrument. Are there any disadvantages other than the difficulty in just learning the procedure? One disadvantage is cost. The initial investment is significant and not easily recaptured, and this is a a decision that has to be made by hospital administrators. Unfortunately, our administrator was encouraging of our acquiring the device uh, and felt that the value of a program that incorporated the latest technology was important to him and to our hospital, and that, in fact, the investment will have a return in terms of shorter recovery times for patients who undergo these operations, therefore allowing more procedures to be done uh, with the same capitalization. And what about the patients? What do they think? Well, that's interesting that you should ask. I received a note from a patient who, whom I had done a mitral valve repair almost a year ago. This young fellow who's 34 years old, the husband of an intensive care nurse who was very familiar with cardiac surgical procedures, had been shopping for a surgeon who could perform his mitral valve repair robotically, We were able to perform this procedure for him, and he wrote me a note saying that, quote, I have recovered from the heart surgery with no complications. I received excellent reports from follow-up by my cardiologists, and I could not have asked for a better result. So this is someone who he and his wife are knowledgeable about the procedures, the cardiac operations, the likely complications, and was seeking this operation because he felt it would be more comfortable for him. In fact, he was discharged from his hospitalization in three days after his surgery, and we've seen him once postoperatively since then, and this is the first I've heard from him in a year, and he seems to be doing quite well and and quite happy with his experience. So the recovery is less, and the length of stay in the hospital is less, and the pain is less? Patients come with this operation expecting to be able to be up and mobile very quickly after surgery, and in fact, they are. And I think the, the main reason is the elimination of the sternotomy incision. Uh, we have found that there's much less postoperative bleeding. There's, of course, no likelihood of infection in a large incision or instability of the chest because of the sawing of the sternum. And people, I think, are very much more likely to be mobilized sooner. And we found over, over time, you know, when I first started doing surgery, cardiac surgery, people were in the hospital for a couple of weeks after surgery, lying in bed for long periods of time. Then we were forced by factors out of our control, mostly economic ones, to get patients moving sooner after surgery. And, you know, they did better. And we told them they had to go home earlier. And they felt better. And I think that this is what's happening with this procedure. We're taking that perspective and extrapolating it to its final endpoint. People are just mobilizing sooner. Imagine being out of the hospital three days after. Incredible. And what about the insurance companies? Do they cover this? Well, insurance pays pretty much global fees these days for operations. And you can do the operation with chopsticks or a robot. They pay you the same amount of money. And so they don't really care how you do the operation. The real advantage in the economic side is to the hospital in that they, the, the patient consumes less in terms of resources by being home sooner. Well, in the managed care companies, do they have restrictions on patients using this type of technology? I've not had any overtures from any payor 
demonstrating any interest whatsoever in whether or not we use this technology. Even though it gets the patient out of the hospital earlier and with less morbidity and, and more comfort. Well, of course, the fear is that if we're able to accomplish this for a large number of patients, that it'll be mandated sooner or later. And, uh, you know, insurance companies are, are always looking to find ways to reduce their costs. And right now, we're happy because we're on the side of reducing our costs and having full reimbursement for an operation that we can, we can expend less money on. I want to thank Dr. Phil Faraci, who has been our guest. We have been discussing robotic-assisted surgery. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.